Hi, this is Michael Buffer, and welcome to the Box Hard Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Mikey Garcia. Yo, it's your boy, the odd guy himself, Malik King Scott. Hi, I'm Charlie Edwards. This is Fast Eddie Chambers, and you're listening to the Box Hard Podcast with my main man, Joey Coastman. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 54 of the Box Hard Podcast. I'm your host, Joey Coastman. I'm joined, as always, by Ayaz Sumra. Ayaz, how you doing? I'm good, Joey. How are you? Very, very good, my friend. Very, very good. Now, we're going to delve straight into part one. We're going to get straight into part one, of course, part one containing mainly of the review part of the show, where we review the fights from last weekend. Now, we're going to start with a card that took place on the Friday. This was the card that happened over in Glasgow, Scotland, of course. Um, top of the bill over there, Ricky Burns. He put his WBA World Super Lightweight title on the line, his 140 title. His record going into this bout, 40 wins, 5 losses and 1 draw. He got in there against relatively unknown Kirill Relic. Now, Relic actually had a record of 21-0, and 0, 19 of those 21 wins by knockout. He was, of course, trained and promoted and managed I believe by Ricky Hatton um, so yeah you know Ricky Hatton of course you know had full faith in his man and he started the fight really really good to be honest he really did he, he started he started the fight really well um, he was able to land pretty much a wheel on Ricky Ricky looked really awful for the first few rounds I've got to be completely honest there uh, in the middle rounds I think that Ricky kind of picked it up a little bit you know he, he seemed to sort of I don't know. It seemed like maybe he knew he was he was getting beaten up a little bit, and he maybe he just went back and it, it kind of just clicked. He come out. He was a little bit. Um, he seemed a little bit more warmed into it. He seemed a little bit more switched on. I think maybe losing a couple of the first few rounds, maybe it was a bit of a wake up call. And like I say, he came out. He won quite a few of the uh, the middle rounds pretty wide. He was hurting his opponent a little bit as well. And, of course, Relic, you know, even though he's got a nice record, 21-0, 19-knockout season, he's never faced anyone of Ricky Burns' level. Um, that's that's for sure. So we wasn't really sure. He kind of threw it all into the first few rounds, and Ricky was coming on stronger. But then in the latter rounds, he, he just, I don't know, Ricky kind of faded a bit, and uh, Relic seemed to nick a few of those rounds as well. It ended up finishing... Um, a unanimous decision win for Ricky Burns. Uh, one of the scorecards was extremely wide. Uh, I don't really like to criticize the scorecards and stuff like that too much, but it was very, very wide. And um, it's not the first time we've seen some strange scores from judges in Scotland when Ricky Burns is fighting. You know, we've seen it happen with Raimundo Beltran. And um, to be honest, you know, it's, it's horrible to see that. But at the end of the day, I think um, it was very, very close. It was really around either way. I think I don't think that Relic maybe done enough to rip the title away from the champion. So I don't think I've got any qualms about that. But Ricky Burns, I've got to be honest. As I say, Relic 21 and 0, 19 knockouts. As I said, he's never fought at that level. He's got a padded record. Ricky Burns, you know, the Ricky Burns of old could have probably knocked this guy out. Let's be honest here, Ricky Burns. I'm going to say, I hope I'm not upsetting no one when I say this, but I like to be completely honest here. Ricky Burns is well past it. He is well past it. If he fights Broner like they're saying, Broner knocks Burns out. Simple as that. I hope I'm wrong because I will never, ever, ever favour um, anyone over a Brit. You know, I, I, I stick with my Brits down to a T. I really do. You know, I back them no matter what. No matter if they're if I completely don't like them, I will still favour a Brit over, you know, over a, a foreigner coming over to try and beat, especially one of our world champions. So um, I really, I like, I really like Ricky Burns. I got talking to him once at one of Joshua's fights, and he was a, such a lovely guy. But I've got to be honest, he's he's well washed up now, and he's there for the taking. He's easily the weakest champion. And if he gets in there with anybody at 140, whether it be Crawford, Postal, Adrian Broner, it's, 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 you know, it's goodbye for Ricky Burns. I know that he's expressed he wants to carry on fighting until he's 40 years old. I think he's going to really have to drop down a level if he's going to if he's going to end up doing that, because it, believe me, he's not, 
he's not truly world level, especially at 140. He's he's well over the hill now. Sorry for such a strong opinion on that, but in my opinion, he he really is. I think he's been, you know, all he did was got that lucky shot at the vacant title against Michele DeRocco, who had the most paddedest record anyone's ever seen. And of course, he got the job done. But um, DeRocco, you know, he was nothing. He was nothing compared to some of the guys at the top level. Ayaz, did you manage to catch that fight at all? Yeah, I think that Relic was a very good fighter. The scorecards, in my opinion, was outrageous. That's why I got to say one thing. I reckon Ricky Burns won it by either two rounds. In my opinion, he nicked the fight by two rounds. But the scorecard, in my opinion, was outrageous. Yeah, no, as I said just a minute ago, yeah, I completely agree with that. Uh, also on that bill, Dillian White against Ian Lewison. Now, Dillian White, this this was a bit of a grudge match. They're both they're both from Brixton. Dillian White, 18 and 1 going into this bout. Ian Lewison, 12 and 2 with the one draw. It was for a vacant British heavyweight title, which was probably the only good thing about the whole contest. It's good to see that we've got a new British champion because that belt was... Um, in the limbo a bit. No one quite knew what was going on with it. Um, for quite a while, Dillian White's wanted to fight for it. He finally got that chance. It was against a local rival of his. Now, Ian Lewison came out. Everybody said he was going to be dangerous for the first three or four rounds. Uh, Dillian White came out, boxing quite well. Lewison did pretty well for the first couple of rounds. I mean, look, it went to the 10th round and then Lewis and his corner stopped the fight. And I think that it was the right decision from Don Charles to stop the fight, you know, looking out for the health of his man, which is the most important thing um, in, in this boxing business, looking out for the health of your fighters. It's, you know, the health is such a massive, massive thing. And I think that Dillian White was pretty bad to be honest I wasn't very impressed with him when he fought Dave Allen I'm I've not been very impressed with him when he's fought Ian Lewison here I don't know if it's because Ian Lewison and Dave Allen have maybe a bit boring styles maybe or is it just Dillian White's got a bit of a boring style or is it when Dillian White's in there with a durable opponent he's just not able to you know, quite work him out. You know, he, he kind of takes him a long time to figure it out and he ends up just getting a points decision win. Like I say, with Dave Allen, it went to points. With Ian Lewis and here, it was scheduled for 12 rounds. I don't think if he... I don't know. Like I say, his corner jumped in, but I think it would have gone 12. I don't think Lewison would have had any trouble going 12. And look at him. You know, he was almost 20 stone, Ian Lewison. I'm not being funny, I as, but, you know... Dillian White wants this this next shot at Joshua. You know, it was a great fight, but but I'm going to be a bit brutal here. I'm, I'm in a bit of a brutal mood. Um, I kind of put a little bit of criticism on Ricky Burns there, but I'm going to give some to Dillian White. Um, Dillian White, he wants this shot at Joshua. He did really well against Joshua. He outlasted all the other opponents at, at the point when he fought him, you know, Joshua was knocking everybody out within four rounds. He came along, um, Dillian White, he took him into some of the, some of the late rounds and he, he hurt Joshua. We've seen Joshua hurt for the first time in his pro career by Dillian White, which was brilliant. But did he actually do anything overly impressive in that fight? Or do you think he just soaked up all the punishment and was able to, you know, trouble Joshua with one, I don't want to say lucky punch, but one shot. Because he's in there now, and and you've got to just think here. If Joshua was in there against Ian Lewison, he's knocking Ian Lewison out. You know, he, he, I just see twenty stone Ian Lewison. It's not like Ian Lewison in shape. You know, his footwork was was awful. I mean, listen, you can't be stupid with him because he'll knock you out. He's got a big punch, and he was really winding up when he had the energy. But Dillian White didn't get like a show real knockout that a lot of people maybe thought he was going to get. And and I think Joshua just absolutely wiped the floor with him. And that's me being you know, some people criticize me for 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 being a little bit um you know, not not really like jumping the gun with Joshua. A lot of people are like, Oh, you you a hater of Joshua. No, I'm completely not. But he would have wiped the floor with this guy, you know, and Dillian White didn't do nothing of the sort. So I'm certainly not my juices are certainly not flowing for the rematch between Dillian White and Joshua, and that's what Dillian White wants. So I'm not so looking forward to that, if I'm completely honest. He's definitely got to fight someone where he looks brilliant, and hopefully we see him in there against Chisora. But I'm a bit worried because, again, these two men, uh, Dave Allen and Ian Lewison, have proved to be durable fighters. If he gets in there with Chisora, Chisora is a durable mofo, yeah? 
he's he's not got the the most exciting style he's not a big puncher he's not a knockout artist he never will be but he's a man who is very very hard to stop him the only man who who really did it in style was david hay simple as that uh and for me dillian white i just don't i don't think he's going to be able to stop chisora i don't think dillian white's a, a massive massive puncher when he stepped up in level i really don't you know he's knocked out all these journeymen but when he stepped it up you know and like i said i'm a big fan of dillian white i actually am you know we had him on this show and it was the best show you know the most exciting show we've ever done and the viewers is testament to that because we had the most views on that show and it was one of our first ever ones it was brilliant it was last december and um he's always welcome back on our show dillian white but i just think if he gets in there with you saw it's gonna be it's gonna be really exciting all the build-up and all that but i think once the bell goes i really think it's gonna be a little bit boring if i'm wrong please send in your opinions it'll be interesting to hear from somebody other than myself and i as please send them in you know the twitter at box podcast it'd be interesting to hear what you think uh, we're going to move down that bill i'm not going to stay there but ian lewison now 12 wins and three losses with the one draw dillian white 19 and one that one loss to joshua of course also on the bill scotty cardle he defended successfully his british lightweight title against kevin hooper now hooper was cut by the right eye in the fourth round uh, scotty cardle got the tko in round six it's good there for cardle to get a stoppage he doesn't tend to get many of those so Ascardo extends that winning streak you know that unbeaten streak 21 wins now zero losses and the one draw Kevin Hooper now 19 and four but he put up a real good effort I'm sure he'll be back for some more at that type of level um that's really it for that bill it wasn't such a huge bill over in Scotland to be honest but he lived up to a decent night of boxing in the end uh, we're going to fly over to California now Los Angeles top of the bill Diego Magdaleno, he got back in there again I said that he was out for a while after losing to Terry Flanagan in a great fight for Terry Flanagan um, Magdaleno was actually cut on his right eye from a punch in round 4, it wasn't a great start for Diego Magdaleno to be honest here, he fought Art Hovhannassian, now Hovhannassian had a record of 17 wins, 2 losses and 3 draws, uh, Magdaleno was 28-2 and two going into this fight, um, Hovhannassian also actually cut his eye in the fifth round that was from a punch as well so both men were cut on the eye by round four round five and um, Diego Magdaleno managed to scratch out a unanimous decision win after 10 rounds so I'm sure he'll be looking to get back in that title picture now the last bill because there wasn't too much action on but the last bill we've got to review now happened over in the Harrow Leisure Centre um, obviously Harrow London it was a Frank Warren prospect show, to be honest. A lot of his undefeated prospects were on the bill. I'm going to start with the top fight. Liam Walsh, he went into his bout 20-0. He fought Andre Klimov, 19-2. This was some sort of eliminator for the title. Um, that would be the WBO um, super featherweight title, I believe. I'm not too sure. Um, Klimov was actually down in the sixth round, okay? So Liam Walsh put him down in that sixth round. It was a 12th round unanimous decision win, but Liam Walsh was literally punched perfect he looked sensational you know he really really did i know that klimov's a decent fighter i know that obviously you know he's gonna have to fight at this type of level to be able to get in there and beat champions but liam walsh showed every bit that he's at that level and he's ready for those types of fights so um a brilliant brilliant win there for liam walsh and we're going to be paying close attention to him i think he's definitely in you know in the next few couple of brits to win a world title there's a lot of guys just on the fringe just on the you know just soon getting there just getting their shot and I think he's going to be um, a world champion very very soon so great stuff there for Liam Walsh 21 and 0 now perfect record for him also on the bill George Jupp he picked up a points win after eight rounds over Jordan Ellison so George Jupp back in there from his loss well his lost attempt at a world title he was well up against it I believe it was over in South America but he went out there and showed some heart so George Jupp now 14 and 3 and George Jupp, the man that he beat, he's been looking to bounce back from that loss for quite a while now. He finally got a fight and it ended up happening. So good stuff for him. That's, of course, Mitchell Smith. So Mitchell Smith fought on the bill and he extended his win record to 14 wins. He's got the one loss, of course. And he defeated Norwin Garlo. Uh, Norwin Garlo actually retired in the fourth round. It was scheduled for eight, so he didn't want to come out for the fifth. Garlo actually had a point deducted as well. And... Um, he, he retired with an injury 
at the end of that round. I'm not sure what the injury was. I'm not sure if it was legitimate. But nonetheless, it's a good run out again for Mitchell Smith. And I'm sure that he'll be able to bounce back big. Now, a few prospects now. A lot of our listeners may not know some of these names, but you will do very, very soon, I'm telling you. Sammy McNess, he moved to 6-0 and with a TKO in round two. He's a super welterweight in this in this fight. But um, Sammy McNess, a good, a good fighter, West Ham fan as well. And I've seen him up close. He's, he's the real deal, believe me. Johnny Coy, also a Another exciting fighter to watch, a tough, tough guy. He moved to 15 and oh, of course, he's got the one draw. It was a points win after six. Boy Jones Jr. moved to double figure wins. He's now 10 and oh, of course, he's got that one draw as well. His TKO came in round six. He had his opponent down twice in the fifth round as well. His opponent, um, a winning record, but, um, you know, he was really there for, to get a beating, to be honest. Also on the bill, Archie Sharp, and he lives up to his surname. He's very, very sharp. He moved to 6-0 with a points win after six rounds. Charlie Driscoll in his second pro outing, he moved to 2-0 with a points win after six rounds. And also Prince Patel was on the bill. He moved to 4-0 with a points win over four rounds against Patrick Bartos. So um, good fights there. And I will just say that Sanjeev Sohota was also on the bill. He moved to 4-0 and he was actually down in the first round from a left hook against a proper journeyman. So um not great of a start there, but he ends up winning on points after four rounds. So I think he went down in that first round and managed to get up and win the next three. So good stuff for Sohota there. And it's a bit of a gut check very early, which a lot of fighters it's good for. But we'll see what happens with him. But that's really it for the review. And as I said, there wasn't too much to review. It's a bit, it's been a bit lackluster this week. And this week coming up, it's a little bit there's some decent fights in the preview part you'll have to listen for that coming very soon but of course before we end part one there's two last things to do the first thing of course is to bring eyes in with this week's roundup of the news danny garcia will fight samuel vargas on november the 12th yeah um it's, it's a strange one um, the the WBC are not sanctioning this as a world title fight, so it's a non-title fight. Now, the reason for that is because I believe his opponent is ranked at about 45 in the world. So, of course, you've got to get in the top 15 for it to be sanctioned as a, as a proper world title fight, and it would have been a voluntary, I believe. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a non-title fight. A lot of people, there were a lot of rumours, of course, that um, Mayweather was going to return and fight Danny Garcia in September of this year, which ended up not happening. And we've been yet to see Danny Garcia in a proper good fight. He's, he's always called a cherry picker, and it's a horrible name, and I don't like to throw it out, but when he brings up fights like this for the fans, it is... It's a bit hard not to side with the general consensus, but I hope we see him get in there and mix it up because when he when we've seen him do it, when we've seen him get in there against guys like Lucas Matisse, he's done really well. So um, he finds a way to win most of the time anyway. There's a couple of wins that he's got that I'm not quite in agreement with, but he's a good fighter, but it's a shame to see him fighting guys like this, and especially when he's a world champion. Why is he having non-title fights? I don't know. Is it a warm-up to something? I really, really hope so. Ayaz, is, is there any more news for us? Heavyweight star Luis Ortiz has joined Matchroom Boxing and will top the bill in Monte Carlo facing Malik Scott in the main event. Yes, that's happening on the same night. That's actually on the 12th of November as well. Um, now, I've got to say, this, this was a bit of a shock. I really do have to say so. It was a bit of a shock. Now, I know that Luis Ortiz, um, obviously the Cuban heavyweight, he doesn't even speak any English, and it's just strange because a lot of his fights have been, um, well, in different parts of the world, really, mainly in America. And now he's fighting with Eddie Hearn. So it'd be interesting to see what they do with him. You know, are they going to bring him over to the UK to fight in some fights? We'll have to wait and see. But it was definitely a huge shock. And you'd think that he'd be put in in there with maybe Anthony Joshua in the future. Is that the plan that they've got for him? I don't know. But I'll tell you what, that'd be a good fight. There's a lot of people that are as I say, a little bit like myself, they're, they're not too quick to start waving the Joshua flag that he's the best heavyweight in the world and he's the best thing since sliced bread. But I tell you what, if he fights Luis Ortiz and he was able to do something like knock him out, then I tell you what, a lot of people, a lot of doubters would definitely um, start you know, waving that flag. And me, I'll definitely be one of them. I want to see Joshua smash someone up who's definitely 
someone that I'd say is a genuine top five, top six, top seven, top eight, top nine, top ten. You know, we just have not seen that yet. It definitely wasn't Brazil and it definitely wasn't Charles Martin. Um, yeah, he's in this fight against Malik Scott. It's definitely um, a bit of a strange one. Again, Malik Scott has been out of the ring for such a long time. I think he uh, last fought in November of 2015. So it's going to be like a year out of the ring, which is obviously bad stuff when you're getting in there against an unbeaten Cuban southpaw who can really bang. So Malik Scott's definitely up against it. He's a personal friend of mine and I am not too happy about this fight being made, but I tell you what, if anybody can outbox um, the Cuban, then it certainly is Malik Scott. So as long as he can stay away from those big um, left hooks, he's got such a great left hook, um, Ortiz, and of course, um, he's good with his right hand as well. So, um, yeah, you've definitely got, to, definitely got to be switched on against him. But yeah, it's a bit of a strange one happening over in Monte Carlo. It's a bit of a a bit of a new twist and I like it to be honest so um, I'm definitely going to be watching from home when that fight comes round but it's a big move for Eddie Hearn and Matram and um, I'm excited to see the start of this journey is there any more news for us Ayers? Yes finally former WBA and IBF super lightweight champion Aaron Pryor has died after a long battle against heart cancer at the age of 60 yeah, I know he had some um, some bad heart conditions for a long time, and he's finally caught up with him. Um, rest in peace, of course, to Aaron Pryor, a good fighter, a man that got in there, wasn't really afraid of nothing. He got in there and he gave us some really entertaining fights, and he was a good, good champion. He really was almost a bit of a forgotten man, actually, when we look back at some of the older generation of fighters. He was a tremendous, tremendous fighter and um, a good champion. And I tell you what, it's been two weeks back-to-back now, now that we've had, um, you know, losses of boxers. Last week, it was a very different uh, scenario with Mike Tao, a man that um, passed away, of course, doing what he would be, you know, what he loved to do, which was box. Now, this is a death as well. But of course, this is a man that's been there and done it. And it was, you know, very much a, a long term medical thing. So it's not as much of a shock, but it's still a life lost, which um, you can't justify. It's still heartbreaking. So it's been a bad two weeks for boxing with the two lives lost. And hopefully in the next week, it's a, it's a good week to to bounce back with. So um, is that it for the news? Ayers? Is there any more for, for us at all? Yes, that's it for the news. Okay, thank you, Ayaz. Now, before we end part one, of course, there's one last thing to do, and that is to welcome our first guest. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a man that's been on this show a couple of times now, but this week he's here because he's involved in the big one this weekend. He's a trainer of multiple top fighters. It's, of course, Mr. Dave Caldwell. Dave, welcome on the show, my man. It's a pleasure to have you back. Oh, it's a pleasure to be on your show, mate. How are you? All right? All good, man. Yourself? Yeah, very good. Thanks, mate. Very good. Excellent stuff. Now, I couldn't believe it, Dave, because I looked and the last time you came on our show, it was um, it was 35 weeks ago this week. So it's been a long time. Is it that long? It's been that long. It's been that long. Now, in that time, so much has happened. Uh, you know, Jamie McDonald yep. successfully defended his title, his world title once again. Gavin McDonald has fought twice. He's won um, both of his fights, picking up the WBC silver belt as well. You've yep. linked up with David Price. Tony Bell, you has yep. become Britain's only current WBC boxing world champion. And you nearly chinned Chris Eubank Sr. at a press conference. <laughs> it's all happened, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's all it's, it's been all busy, happened. mate. It's been busy. Okay, right, let's get down to the serious stuff. Firstly, Big David Price was set to fight on this bill on Saturday, on the undercard, of course. He's pulled out with an illness. I just wanted to clear that up. It's nothing serious, I hope, just something small. No, what it was, was um, in the last probably about eight to ten days before the fight in Germany, he started being a bit on, you know, just just feeling a bit under the weather. Um, I had to give him a day off and then he'd come back training and give him another day off. But, you know, it was a case where he, he he just was feeling... Like just lethargic and not feeling great. Um, we got the fight done because we knew he'd you know, obviously been out for so long and we were desperate to fight. It's the only day it got really concrete. So we got the fight, got it out of the way. But in the changing rooms before the fight, it just started started with a cough. So obviously after the fight, what happens to a lot of fighters, as soon as they've fought, they always, because the immune system is really low, they always come down with something. Um, and, and the colds just come, down, come out of him, really. Um, it's a viral infection. Um, 
where he's, where he's, you know, he's got a bit of a cough and he just feels lethargic and, and really, really drained. He's been for some blood tests and everything, and he's fine. It's just, it's just a viral infection. So, you know, I've said to him, I've, I've the rest of this week off, and we'll see how he is uh, next week. He'll probably have the first couple of days off next week, and then probably just start having a little bit of a move around and getting back into things again. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad that it's nothing too serious, you know. No, so, no, no. Um, listen, listen, fighters come down with viruses because always, in, you know, they're in training and and and. You know, their immune system are quite low, um, the fitter you are. And, and, you know, sometimes it just comes it comes where they pick something up. Yeah, of course, of course. Now, um, let's get on to the main event here. I know that Tony Bellew takes on BJ Flores. What do you know about BJ, Dave? And is it a bit of a dangerous first defence for Tony? It's a bit of a banana skin, this fight. Do you know what I mean? I it's, agree. it's a fight where, where you know, people... Uh, underrate BJ, you know, they don't really rate him as this, rate him as that. And, you know, so therefore there's a lot of pressure on you because everybody's expecting you to go out there and, and, and get rid of the guy, you know, pretty much as a formality. But, you know, it's what I've said to Tony is BJ is in a very, very similar position to what Tony was before the Macabre fight. He's, he's a former light heavyweight, stepped up to cruiserweight, had a couple of failed world title attempts, and now he's in, in the last chance saloon. You know, he's a massive underdog, uh, as, as Tony was in, in his fight. Um, and, and he's got all to prove. And now, the fact that Tony showed that, you know, he, underdogs can win. And despite people telling you you're never going to be a world champion, you can pull it off. The fact that he's gone and done that shows that anyone can do that. So he has to pay uh, BJ the same sort of respect out what, what he'd expect when he, ch- he was challenging for a world title. So, you know, he's fully focused and, and we're taking this threat very very um seriously and i know that um tony's been quite explosive i think is the right word since moving up to cruiserweight now flores has never been stopped do you think tony no, will never become the first do you think tony will become the first man to stop him i do actually um listen it's a it's it's a fight where where you've got a guy that's that's durable you know like you say it's never it's never been stopped i don't think he's been dropped um but you know, Tony's got an habit of, of pulling out the big punches and, and I expect him to land some, some seriously meaty shots in this fight and I'll be very surprised if, if BJ takes what he's, he's, what he's got to offer. No, me too. Now, has camp gone well with Tony? Um, obviously, it's the first camp spent whilst being the WBC world champ. Is it a bit of a different feel in the gym? Um, no, because I don't... Once, you know, Jamie McDonald's the same. Once, uh, you know, as a world champion, uh, apart from in the public's eyes and when we're doing media engagements or, you know, anything like that, then, you know, I don't really, uh, you know, we don't treat them as world champions. You know, they're just, they're just another fighter in the gym. They're just striving to, to achieve the best that they can be. Um, you know, once you start falling in love with yourself as a, as a world champion, that's when you take your foot off the pedal a little bit. Um, you know, I don't, I, I don't brag and, and and act any different about them and talk about them to them in, in any any different ways. They don't, they don't get away with things because now the champ, you know, um, everything has been as as one really, as same as what it always has been. Obviously, it's nice because you know they're going about here, there, and everywhere, and people are stopping them and, and say, oh yeah, you know, WBC world champion, it's great. But you know, the 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 work in the gym. You've got to you've got to train like you're a challenger. You've got to train like you've still got so much more left to achieve, which he has because you know it's it's very difficult when your dream has been to become world champion, to become you know especially WBC world champion, yeah, to fight at Goodison Park. All that he, he achieved that on one night. You know he ticked all his boxes in one night. Now what all good champions do and elite athletes do is that once he once they achieve one goal. They set another goal, and they set another goal, and they set, and they so on, and, and that's that's what he's done. You know, his goal. All right, he achieved he achieved his, his lifelong dream there, but we've got new goals now. You know, new goals, big fights, big big defenses. You know, establishing himself as as you know as, as one of Britain's best, and and you know going going full full throttle for that. You know, so he's not sitting back on his laurels, and he's not. He's not relaxing up in training. He's, he's still got the the work ethic. He's still still putting it in there. Yeah, and that is, of course, the all-important thing. Now, as you said, you know, he wants to strive and become, you know, a real good fighter and make a bit of a legacy out of it. I know that Tony's expressed he wants to fight the best. He's mentioned the other champions in the division. Which of the other champions do you think 
you know, that you could see him fighting in the future? And also, did you manage to catch Usyk's last fight? Because he really looks good yeah. right now. Well, Usyk, myself and Tony uh, did the commentary for Sky on Usyk. Oh, of course, yeah, of course, um, yeah. So we, yeah, so we watched it, you know, very, very close. Um, but we've, you know, we've watched Usyk quite a lot. I mean, Tony's always spoke about Usyk, so he's the one that brought my attention to him, you know, a couple, a couple of years back. So, you know, he's one that we've always marked as, as a future world champion. And, and he's the one that I would say that is the standout in the division. But it's a division that it's, it's quite frustrating because people don't want to tend to give the cruiserweight division the, the respect that it deserves. Because there's so many Eastern Europeans and, and, and fighters in there where you can't pronounce the names, never, never mind spell them, fans seem to not want to give the credit to the fighters they are killers there are, there are some serious fighters in that division you know um, it's a dangerous division a lot a lot of big punches in there um, uh, you know a lot of strong men you know it, it's a tough tough division so anyone that's got a belt there has had to earn it you know we're, I would, I've always said I'd like Tony to fight Lebedev He's a man that, you know, before the Macabre fight, he was the one that I, would, I was wanting to get hold of as, uh, for his title shot. Um, so that's a fight that we would love to take. You know, there's 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 big fights out there. And then U6 are the, the man that I would like if, you know, if, if we're going down that path, he's the one that you'd want for all the marbles. You know, U6 will probably have a couple of titles. You know, hopefully we get a couple of titles, Nick, you know, Nick a couple of titles off of Lebedev. And then you do, you're doing it for, you know, for everything everything on the lines fights from like Usyk. Um that's how highly I rate Usyk. I think he's 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 you know a, a, a serious threat in the division. But it's a division that's stacked full of full of very good fighters, very very good fighters. Yeah, I agree. And but no, he's a good fighter without a doubt. That'd be a wicked clash down the line. And just a quick roundup of everyone else in the gym. How are they all getting on, Dave? Could you just give us a bit of an update on the McDonald brothers and also um, if you know what's next for Pricey, when he, any next date you may be out at all? Yeah, well, Pricey, um, the, the plan's always been you know, for, for November 26th for the AJ Bill. Now, I, you know, by the looks of things, nobody seems to know what's happening, but by the looks of things, that, that bill may move to December 10th or it may stay November 26th. We don't know. But whatever, whatever date that is, then... I imagine that Pricey will be on that bill. I imagine, but you know, MGM and um, and the Salons will get the rest together and they'll put him on whatever show that you know they decide well, along with you know Eddie if it's an Eddie Earn show. So you know they'll they'll sort that out. But that's that's the date that we've got um, in our mind, and that's the date that we're working towards for Pricey. Um, Jim McDonnell, he's defending his WBA um, against Laboris Solis on the big Monaco show November 12th. That's a fantastic fight. It's another it's another fight that proves that Jamie's, you know, willing to take the, the real fights. You know, some, some world champions we've had uh, where they get soft defences and, you know, just want are happy just to keep, you know, plugging away with the defences waiting for, for a big one. Jamie's been actively looking for, for the big fights. You know, we, we were waiting on Warren. We thought that we were going to be fighting Warren. That fight, that fight date now looks like it's being put back. Um, they're talking about they want to do that fight in in possibly January. So we need to make a defence before that. And you know, Jamie wanted something that can get his get his teeth into. We had a bit of a last minute opportunity uh, defence last time out. That's why he fought that Vargas. But it was only like a, a last minute opportunity. So you know, that was his that was his little um, soft touch, so to speak, um, after the Kameda fights. Um, which I think he deserved, and I, and, I, and I don't see why not. But you know, he he wanted something that he can get his teeth into. We was hoping for, you know, the Haskins Hall winner, uh, or Warren. But you know, Haskins is injured, so that one was was out the window. Um, he even threw his hat into fighting Rigondo a, a few months ago. You know, he just he's a, he's a real uh, throwback fighter. You know, he he knows that he's not going to get the respect. Um, that he deserves because let's face it, he was you know an unbeaten IBF champion. Um, he fought the WBO champion and the, oh, the night before got strips. What should have been unification? Um, so he should have a WBO belt as well. Um, but he's still kind of like the forgotten man when people are talking about world champions and Britain's best. So you know he, he knows he's not going to get. He's he's one. He's kind of like settled for the fact that he's probably not going to get ever get the respect. But if he keeps beating the good fighters out there and keeps. Um, keeps winning, collecting different belts. Then sooner or later, I think people are Penny's going to drop, and you know they're going to start giving his dues. You know, and and 
the the thing is a lot of a lot of fans, a lot of hardcore fans and whatever you, they're they're now starting to give Jamie a lot of respect. It's just the wider audience that that, that don't seem to mention Jamie McDonald. Yeah. I mean I remember we had a similar conversation about this before. I think that he you know, you're right, no one thinks of him when they think of some of the top pound no. for pound fighters, but he, yeah. he's done a, he's he's beaten the, he's beaten some top guys, you know, he really, really yeah, has. Yeah, and he's gone he's away been, to do it as well. He's gone out to the, the USA is, to do it, you know? The fact is, is he's he's winning fights where people are tipping against him, always having you know fifty fifty fights. He's he's winning those sort of fights. You know, a lot of fighters are, are winning fights where there's seventy thirty in their favour, sixty forty maybe in their favour. Um, we are you know, Jamie's Jamie's done it the hard way all the way through. Um, so you know, he, he deserves a lot of a lot of respects and a lot of credit. And um, oh, listen, it's what I keep saying to him all. You know, all he can do is keep winning. That's all you can do. Keep winning, and eventually, things come your way. Eventually, people start, you know, oh, he's he's still here. He's still world champion. All of a sudden, you, you filter through, and 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 the cream rises. But you know, it's boxing's all about where where you end up, not where you are now. It's where where you end up when you've retired. You know, when you when when you sat in your chair, you've packed up, you've retired. You look back on your career, and if you personally, if you're happy with what you've achieved, then it's been a great career, and that's all you need to worry about, really. Yeah, of course, of course. And whilst you're here, Dave, the last thing I've got for you now, I know that you love it when a big fight gets made. It's finally happening here in the light heavyweight division. Andre Ward against Kovalev next month. How do you see that fight playing out, Dave? Oh, that's, that's a fantastic fight. It really is. You know what? I'm a, I'm, I'm a fan of Andre Ward in his, in his technical abilities and his, his boxing brain. But I understand why... The, the wider audiences aren't really aren't really fans of him because he's not in the most exciting fights. Um, but you know, ability-wise and boxing-wise, he's he's absolutely you know he's fantastic. Um, Kovalev is just uh, you know he's, he's he's a fan's dream really. He goes in there with one intention and that's to break you and knock you out. Um, you know, and he, he showed in he showed in the Hopkins fight that he can actually box a little bit as well. You know, so his yeah. boxing skills are are underrated because you just genuinely focus on his on his power but in this fight I just get the feeling that because Andre Ward's very good at nullifying what you do that's his main objective really is when he goes in the ring he goes to nullify your your strong points nullify what you're good at now if he can nullify Kovalev then I think it makes it quite a um maybe not 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 the most exciting sort of fight but I, I see a lot of a lot of tying up a lot of you know, niggling them on the inside, little shots on the inside, and working them out. And you know, I, I think I think Ward beats him on points. To be honest, um, I think Kovalev will get really, really frustrated. But the thing about Kovalev, it's that hard that in 12 rounds, he's, he basically he's got 12 rounds to catch Ward clean, um, and then we, you know, we'll, we'll see how, how Ward reacts. So obviously, we know that Ward's been um, been done before, been dropped before by Daniel Boone. Um, who's not not anywhere near in the same sort of uh, bracket, but that's a long time ago. And, and the thing is now, when we always say about fighters learning from from the mistakes, learn you know you can come back from being stopped and being knocked out. You know you look at Ward and how he's adjusted his, his style, and how his style now is is where he, he doesn't get hit or he doesn't take shots flush. Um, I think he's got the frame to box uh, to compete with Kovalev on, on on the inside and, and the strength to compete and tie him up and and nullify what Kovalev wants to do. Um, it's just whether he, you know, if Kovalev can land a couple of shots up top and and if he can take him out. I, I think that's the intrigue all the way through the fight. But I do, I, I if I if I had a gun to my head, I would go with with Andre Ward. <laughs> yeah, I'd have to agree with that to be honest, Dave. He's the general consensus, but what a yeah, fight! Yeah, that. it's purely just down. It's purely just down to him. He is an expert at nullifying what you do, and that's yeah. the main thing. You know, that that's the main thing. Once you know, and and Kovalev, yes, he he has got some boxing, but he's not he's not the most complex when it comes to his attacks. So you're not talking about a guy that's going to be very. If if you're if you're a master at nullifying fighters, if you're a good defensive fighter. He's not the, the, the hardest to work out. Um, he's not really going to do things that are so surprising and unorthodox that, um, that Ward will find difficult to, to break down and, and to nullify. So, you know, for that reason, I, I'll, I'll go with him. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Like you say, he's a bit... He's a bit. Fight. 
he's a bit like straightforward Kovalev, but it's because yeah. he doesn't really need to be. You know, he doesn't need to no. be any different. He can just, no. he's got the power to just smash yeah. you up, you know, but it yeah. will be a great, great fight. It really will. It will be. And, and don't don't forget as well, Kovalev, he does get hit. You know, he does get hit. And, and Ward, although he may not be the most destructive puncher, is a sharp puncher. Um, and he's yeah. a puncher that I imagine will, along with the rest of his tactics, will take a lot of steam out of Kovalev as the fight goes along. So, yeah, it's not like Kovalev's very hard to wait. He's there to beat as well. Yeah, of course, of course. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is why Dave Caldwell is a pleasure to speak to. This man knows his boxing. <laughs> Listen, Dave, Thanks, it's always a pleasure, my man. It really is. I wish you all the best just, of luck just for before, Saturday night. Just before I go, just yeah, go, before I go the, 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 other, the other fight that's got a big year coming ahead in 2017 is, is uh, Gary McDonnell. That's he's, what I asked you, know, you about, but you left, you left it out when I asked he's, you. <laughs> <laughs> he's WBC number two, and we're just, you know, we're just sitting on that. We're waiting. He'll be back out again in, in December. He's learning in the gym. Uh, we'll be back out again in December in another run out. Um, and then we'll just wait and see what's happening with the WBC title. And, you know, in 2017, he'll be getting his, his world title shot, which will be absolutely phenomenal for him, you know, for a... For, uh, um, a twin to follow in the footsteps of his brother and fight for world title and hopefully win it. And that'll be, that'll be fantastic. Yeah. I'm a big fan of, of Gavin McDonald. He's been on the show a handful of times as well. A real lovely guy. So um, that'd be quality. Imagine that Dave having two WBC world champs under your stable. I know it'd be fantastic, wouldn't it? It would, but you know, that's a, that's a testament to the guys that I'm working with. You know, they, they come in that gym, they give hundred percent, you know, they do, they do exactly as we ask, um, you know, whatever needs doing gets done. Um, they listen, they go out there and they practice and they practice and they practice. They, they've, they've got, you know, they've got the patience that's required. And, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't ask for anything more as a, as a coach, you know, to be working with four guys that, that don't give me any asshole, that, that I don't have any grief off them. And it's basically, it's just a pleasure to work with. Excellent stuff. I'm proud for you, Dave. I really am. Now, listen, it's always a pleasure having you on the show. It really is. I wish you all the best of luck for Saturday night, my friend. Please say hello to everyone in the gym from me as well. We'll speak again soon. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Okay, now it's time for part two on this week's show. This part, of course, the preview part. We're going to start with a fight card that's happening over in Australia. Just one fight I want to mention on that bill. Top of the bill, Daniel Gill. He's fighting for the vacant IBO World Super Middleweight title. So Daniel Gill's moved up in weight. And, of course, it's the IBO title, which isn't really regarded as one of the top belts. Cordy, the amount of times I've had to say that. So I'm not sure what he's doing fighting for it, but I'm sure it'll get him in some kind of good position to fight for something a little bit more legitimate I hope Daniel Gill 31 wins and 4 losses he faces Reynold Quinlan who has a record of 10 wins and 1 loss and I tell you what Quinlan's a good fighter so this is going to be a good test for both men really and may the best man win on that one but uh Daniel Gill, you know, he's been there and done it. And maybe Reynold Quinlan can get the job done. It'll be interesting here. But that's really it for Australia. We're now going to fly back to Europe. We're going to go over to Hamburg, Germany. Um, Top of the bill, a a man called Noel Gever, who's actually has a great record of 21 and 0. And he is the current WBO International Cruiserweight Champion. He puts his belt on the line against Scotland's very own Stephen Simmons. So we're all behind him. Um, I I think... Remember, he had that bit of a feud with Wadi Camacho, and Wadi Camacho called him the Cookie Monster. <laughs> He's quite a funny guy, Stephen Simmons. I remember he turned up with Cookie Monster pants on for the way, and he's he's quite comical, to be honest, but a good fighter. And he got the job done against Wadi Camacho in a really good fight. So uh, Stephen Simmons, 15-1, and one, and we wish him all the best of luck out there in um, Hamburg, Germany. I hope that if it does go down to the decision, it's going to be a fair one. But Stephen Simmons can bang as well, so... Best of luck to him. But that's really it for Germany. We're now going to fly out to Pennsylvania, USA, Philadelphia in the 2300 arena. I'm not sure if that's the proper name of it, but um, it's an arena in Philadelphia where there's a lot of fights that take place there. A lot of young fighters have been in that venue and fought there. And we've got some other great fighters on the bill. Um, I'm going to start with two fights now. The first one, Aaron Herrera, 29-5 and with a one draw. He's in an eight-rounder at super lightweight against Mike. Yes, indeed, Reed. We've had him on the show 
show previously, a nice guy. He's record 19 and 0. Now, this is a good fight for him. It's definitely, definitely a step up in terms of levels here. And um, I wish him all the best of luck. He's a nice, nice guy, Mike Reed. He's he's a, he's got he's very soft spoken as well. He's he's a really nice guy. Uh, he's kind of crazy that he gets in there and bashes people up, but believe me, he does. And he'll be looking to move to 20 and 0 in style. So all the best to Mike Reed. And also on that bill, Tevin Farmer, 22 wins, four losses, and one draw. Nobody seems to know why he's got the four losses and one draw because he's a tremendous fighter, Tevin Farmer, and he's really looking at that world level. He wants to become a world champion very, very soon, and he's a cracking, cracking fighter. You watch some YouTube clips of Tevin Farmer. He's a real skillful, skillful, skillful boxer. Believe me on that one. He takes on Orlando Rizzo. It's an eight-rounder. Orlando Rizzo with a record of 19 wins and seven losses. It's a super featherweight bout, this one. So Tevin Farmer, I don't even think he needs luck. He's definitely, definitely going to get the job done here. But that's really it for Philadelphia. I believe all those fights just mentioned are all happening on the Friday. So we're now on Saturday. So this will be Saturday the 15th. Um, we're going to fly out to Hamburg, Germany. Top of the bill, Erkan Tepper, 16-0. and 0. Um, Of course, he's... he's um, he got that he got that win over David Price in where he knocked him out with a great, great shot, but then he fouled a drug test. So I'm not sure what's happened with him and the ban and all that stuff, but he's back in action here and he takes on Christian Hammer. Christian Hammer nineteen and four. And recently we had him over here when Tyson Fury played with him, to be honest, um, and really beat him up quite bad. And this is for the vacant WBO European heavyweight title. So a good actual fight in terms of um you know, in terms of styles and stuff, it's a good matchup. So a good one there in the heavyweight division. And um, I believe really and truly, I think Tepper will probably get the job done here over Christian Hammer. And Tep- Tepper is a good fighter. I don't know. I don't really want to speculate too much on the drug thing, but he is a good fighter at the end of the day. So um, it'd be interesting to see what happens in that bout. And also on that bill, another good fight, Franz Real, who has a record of 13 wins and one loss. He takes on Adrian Granite, who has a record of 13 and 0. I believe Granite has 12 knockouts as well. He's a bit of an exciting banger. Um, this one's for the IBF international heavyweight title, which Franz Real holds. So it's a bit of a heavyweight bill, this one. There's another heavyweight clash on the bill as well and a couple of cruiserweight ones. So it's pretty much a, a heavy, heavy man's um, card, that one, which I always like to be honest i'd like to try and find a link of that one somewhere but that's really it for hamburg germany we're now going to go over to one fight that's happening over in madrid over in spain of course top of the bill ruben nieto we've seen him come over here and beat our very own lenny doors in a well a fight that lenny doors was winning until he headbutted him a strange one there i remember being ringside for that so ruben nieto 18 and 1 he takes on ernesto espana who has a record of 19 and oh this one is going to be a good fight as well i don't know too much about espana i don't know if it's a padded record but nieto a good fighter but really one that is not very clever i think he gets in there and kind of fights a little bit too much and it really played into lenny door's hand on that night this one's for the vacant ibf intercontinental super lightweight title so all the best to both men now we're going to come back to the echo arena and this is the last build that we're going to preview it's a big one obviously happening over in liverpool merseyside if you don't know about the echo arena which you really should do if you're a big boxing fan we're going to start with the fight that's top of the bill tony bellew 27 and two with the one draw he puts his wbc world cruiserweight title on the line doesn't it feel good to say that tony bellew a man that i'm a huge huge fan of and um what a fight when he won it in uh, of course goodison park what a fight that was just absolutely tremendous i still can't get over what i saw so um tony bell puts his belt on the line against bj flores who has a record of 32 wins two losses and the one draw flores a good friend of david hayes actually um this one's going to be a good fight i think i think flores is going to come to give this a proper go you know i really do think he will i think that Bellew's definitely the better boxer. Um, I, I think the power's probably with Bellew as well. He's been really good since he's come to cruiserweight. Um, well, I, I say he's been really good. He wasn't great in those warm-up fights when he was warming into it, but since then he's looked pretty good, and especially that great win when he won the title in his last fight. So it's great to see him fight. 
Tony, no matter what, always brings quite an exciting fight. Well, apart from that one, uh, the, the Cleverly 2 fight, which was absolutely horrific. But I think that was down to Nathan Cleverly, to be honest. Not so much Bellew's fault, but it's going to be a good fight, that one. And of course, we're behind Tony Bellew, and I hope that he can get the job done here, um, perhaps in style, like he's been managing to do of late. Also on that bill, Luke Campbell. This is a fight I really am interested in. Luke Campbell, 14-1. and one. He puts it all on the line against Derry Matthews, 38 wins, 10 losses and two draws. Of course, everybody knows Derry Matthews. He's been right around the block. This is his 51st professional contest as well. So he's got 50 fights, whereas Campbell's only got 15 under his belt. It's for Luke Campbell's WBC silver lightweight title. So it puts you in a good position with the WBC. And um, this obviously is the path that Luke Campbell's going down here. But I tell you what, Derry Matthews reckons that I've seen something where I think that he sort of said, listen, Luke Campbell, Campbell's confidence has been dented by other men and I'm going to go in there and I'm going to knock him out and we know that if Luke Campbell's not feeling up to it uh, Derry Matthews will definitely he'll love that he'll play right into his hands and he can get the job done early you know Derry Matthews is a, he can really punch when he has to we've seen him do the do the same type of stuff to Andy Crawler and I'm sure that Derry Matthews will come into this fight and give it all he's got really he's got nothing to lose if he wins this fight wow it will really um you know, trampoline him into something big and really and truly Derry Matthews after losing to Terry Flanagan in the way that he did it. Um, you know, I think he's probably well past it. So um, all the best of luck to both men, but I think that Luke Campbell's definitely got to be the favorite here. And I'm going to side with him probably getting the job done. Also on the bill, a good fight again, Ryan Burnett, 14 and oh, he puts his British bantamweight title on the line against Ryan Farag. Now Ryan Farag also, with a lot of confidence, a confident fighter. His record 16 and 2, and he thinks he's going to get the job done. So it's a battle of the Ryans in this one. And um, Ryan Burnett, again, a, a truly good fighter. And when he when he's on his game and when he's focused and all the rest of it, he really is pretty impressive. So all the best to both men in that one as well. Also, Sean Mashadod on the bill. He puts his WBC international lightweight title on the line against Francesco Patera who is a good fighter. He's got a record of 16-1. and one. And Sean Dodd, of course, 11-2 and two was the one draw. I think Patera, this is a bit of a bad fight for Sean Dodd. I think he could probably get the job done. He's a nice, nice guy. I really hope he can get the job done. But Patera, I think, is probably the favourite in this one, in my opinion. I haven't looked at any odds or anything, but I think that Patera is the better fighter. But um, we've seen Sean Dodd push... Scotty Cardle pretty close. So if he fights like that, then maybe he can nick it. And I wish him all the best of luck, as I say. And also on the bill, three of the Smith brothers get out. Their opponents, to my knowledge, haven't been announced yet. But Callum Smith gets out again. He's 21 and 0 at the moment. This will be his 22nd fight. Um, we had him on the show a couple of weeks back. A nice, nice guy, of course. And also, Paul Smith gets out on this bill. He's record 38 and 6 at the moment. And finally, Stephen Smith gets out on this bill. I know that he's got a world title fight coming up um, I believe it's in November so this is a little bit surprising to me to see him out here perhaps risking an injury or a cut or anything like that so um, I'm not sure if he's definitely going to be fighting I've heard that maybe he's not especially with the fact that they couldn't get an opponent announced uh, as long ago as what they probably wanted to he's come down to the last few days now so Stephen Smith if he does end up fighting his record is 24 wins and two losses another nice nice guy Stephen Smith and the last fight to mention again his opponent hasn't been announced also but he's also on the bill definitely a name that we can't miss out Rocky Fielding 22 wins and one loss he's one loss coming to um, Callum Smith which of course that was a highly anticipated fight and one that Callum Smith delivered hugely to be honest a great great win for him there probably the best win of his career I'd probably go as far as saying so uh, good stuff there but it's great to see a great card of boxing over in Liverpool taking place all the boys from Liverpool on the bill and of course there are some great great fighters over there Merseyside but that's really it for the preview and that is all that we've got that's all the talking for you the last thing to do of course is to welcome our second guest Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a man that's fighting tomorrow night over in Philadelphia. It's none other than Mr. Tevin Farmer. Tevin, welcome on the show, my man. It's great to have you back. Thanks for having me. My pleasure, my friend. My pleasure. Now, we spoke to you exactly 10 weeks ago. Um, it was just after your last fight. We had you on that crazy show that we did with Antonio Tava when he came on here talking about loads of madness for about an hour. Um, 
What have you been up to in the last 10 weeks or so, Tevin? Same old, same old uh, training. That's all I do is train, 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 relax with my family and train more. Okay, great stuff. Now, of course, you're fighting tomorrow night. Um, you're fighting a man called Orlando Rizzo. What do you know about your yeah. opponent, Tevin? I actually never heard of him. And I don't know much about him. The first time hearing of him was when when I got called for the October show. And that was about a month ago. So that's my first time hearing of him. I never looked him up, never saw him or nothing. So I don't know nothing about him. Okay. Well, I know a tiny, tiny little little bit about him. Um, so how did you see this fight playing out? I mean, he's only been stopped once, and that was in his last fight. That was back in May of this year. How did you see the fight playing out, Tevin? Uh, as long as I get the victory, I'm okay with it. But I see another dominant performance. Yeah, so do I. I mean, that's what that's what I'm going for to stop this. But I'm okay. I'm okay with a win. Yeah, no, of course. Definitely I think a um, definitely a domination win. Yeah, yeah. I think that you know, I don't think you're going to need much luck. I think you know he's a decent fighter, but as you say, you know, you've got the skills. You've got the skills to do this. Do you reckon this will be your last fight of this calendar year, or do you reckon, do you reckon you'll fight again? Because I know you like to keep quite busy. Yeah, I love being busy. I actually got a date already scheduled for December second oh. uh, at the same place, twenty three hundred arena. So after this fight, I'm right back at the gym. Oh, Let's great! For that one. Great. Oh, that's brilliant stuff, man. That's brilliant stuff. So just to clarify, Tevin, um, what weight has this fight been made at, the fight tomorrow night? 132, give or take a pound. Okay. And the reason why is that because in December, I'm going back to 30. And in my fight, my last fight against Ivan's Red Cats, I was at 135. So Yeah, that's uh, right. Me and my team decided to, uh, instead of jumping straight back to 30, we decided to bring it down slightly to 133 so we can make 130 back comfortable in December. Yeah, I get that 100%. So um, will you be, because I know that you, you know, you've been shouting for a while that you're ready for the top boys in the division. Are you talking about the 130 division, yeah? That's where you're going to be at. Well, any, I'm talking about from, from 26 to 35. Oh, any, wow. Any, 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 any top fighter. If it's for a title, we can, if it's for a title, we can get it in. If it's not for title one thirty, that's where that's where I'm at. Okay, okay. So, um, who do you want? I mean, providing you get through your fight tomorrow, I know that you've got um, a fight, as you said, lined up for December the second. So, providing you know you get through tomorrow unscathed, no injuries, nothing like that, um, you you fight on December second. After that fight in two thousand and seventeen. Are you looking at a world title fight at all? I know that you probably want that. If so, who well, would you like? Well, I said it one time. I said it a hundred times, and I'm gonna say it again. I'm not. I'm not calling out no more names. I'm done with that. It's about who wants to fight me. It's about who wants to fight Tevin Farmer. Tevin Farmer is want to fight everybody. I'm not calling out no particular names. Whoever willing to step up, that's what I'm willing to fight. So you got no one on your radar at all, but anyone can get it from 126 to 135. Yeah. Yeah, one more thing. It really, it really don't matter who who I call out because at the end of the day, I, I don't call out pretty much everybody, and none of them want to fight me. None of them. Yeah, so no, that's I a fair it, point. Waste of time and screaming names. That's a fair point. Okay, we'll leave that there. Um, I wanted to ask your opinion, if you've got one, on the whole Adrian Broner situation at the moment. It seems like he's gone off the rails a little bit. Have you got yeah, any yeah, opinion I, on that? Only, only thing I want to say about that is. Everybody is human. Everybody go through what they go through, and that's it. Okay. And I wish him the best. I wish I wish him the best. And I, I, I hope you overcome it. But other than that, nothing much. No comment. Yeah, no, I understand. Now, finally, Tevin, I wanted to ask you your opinion on a fight in and around your division that you may have an interest in, a great fight. We're set to see a real good matchup between Lomachenko and Nicholas Waters. How do you see that fight playing out, Tevin? Well, I actually, I don't care who wins. But uh, I think Lomachenko beat him. It's going to be a good fight because Nicholas Walters, he's, he's tough. And he's not coming to lay down. No. But I definitely see Lomachenko coming out with a victory. I, I think his IQ and his boxing skills are too superb for Walters. Yeah, I think I have to agree with that. Now, Tevin, we've had you on this show just um, short and sweet this week. Just before I let you go, I just want to give you a chance to, if there's anything that you want to get off your chest at all, anything that you want to tell the listeners that may be listening before we let you go. I do after, after my two fights this year in 2017 that the top fighters 
out in the world will step up and fight and face Tevin Farmer and uh and not cherry picking. You know, Tevin Farmer willing to face anybody. I don't care who it is, whether they from a different country, I'll go to their backyard or whether they from here the United States. I'm I'm j I just wanna fight the best. So hopefully they step up. Yeah, and for any of the listeners that are listening, a lot of fighters say what Tevin just said, but believe me, he really means every word of it. Okay, listen, Tevin, it's always a pleasure, my friend, to have you on the show. I wish you all of the luck tomorrow night. I don't think you're going to need much luck tomorrow night anyway, and um, we're going to speak again soon, of course. Yes, man, thanks for having me. I appreciate it, and for all all the listeners and my fans, they just keep supporting me, and I keep fighting. Tevin Farmer there, a fighter who was once written off, but is now proving all the doubters wrong. Okay, now it's time to conclude episode 54 of the Box Hard Podcast. I've been your host, Joey Coastman. Ayaz Sumra has been Ayaz Sumra. A special thank you to both of our guests from this week's show, Tevin Farmer and Dave Caldwell. It's the third time Dave has been on the show, and it's always great to hear from him. It really is. As I always say, the biggest thank you of all goes out to the listeners that make this show what it is. Please remember to share please remember to retweet like and drop us a comment spread the love i hope everybody has a great weekend and we'll see you all next week god bless